BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the big stream. I am Liam McEwen here today with my coworker Stephen Douglas. And today we gather to discuss an excellent, excellent sports documentary currently happening over on Hulu. Weekly releases for episodes leading up to October 8th for the finale. And it is Welcome to Wrexham, the Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney produced made show about their journey in purchasing AFC Wrexham, a low-level soccer club over in Wales. Um, I think you probably heard the news, listener, that they had purchased this team. It happened, I think, almost two years ago now. Uh, it was all, you know, it was, you know, in the pandemic, so it was all done over Zoom and all that stuff. And it was, uh, you know, pretty big deal because it's two American celebrities buying a not very well-known, to say the least, soccer club, football club, whatever you might call it. But um, these two very smart businessmen from Hollywood decided to, I would imagine, hedge their bet on purchasing the team by making a documentary that through it's about halfway done now. Episodes seven and eight were released today, and it goes up to 15 episodes. Like I said, October 8th is the final episode. Steven and I have both been watching it, and it has been tremendous. Steven, thoughts? Uh, I, I was, I've been pleasantly surprised. It's, it's been a really good show. Um, I, I remember the news of them buying the team. And didn't really think much about it. And then I saw the they were going to do the documentary series, and I watched the first episode, and I was I was immediately hooked. Um, it features two actors that I have really liked for a long time. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, I've been a big fan of since Two Guys a Girl in the Pizza Place, 
which I was so happy to see referenced and dis- uh, briefly discussed on one of the episodes. Um, and Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny and uh, now Mythic Quest. And one of the one of the many things that this show does, I think, is uh, show that these are kind of just they really are two funny, cool guys. Um, which has kind of been their persona. Ryan Reynolds, you know, sells everything, which, I mean, they discuss that in the show. And, you know, he's always just come off as like this charming smart ass, which um, really has been perfect on TV and a lot in like Deadpool and uh, Van Wilder. And I think he's come off, uh, they both come off really well. And that's that's just such a small part of the show, really, because on top of just the the Hollywood guys buying the soccer team, um, you get a look at as a documentary, like what it's like to really own a team and like those decisions. Um, You get just the regular uh, sports movie stuff where it's like these underdogs trying to come together and we have no idea what's we we don't even know what's going to happen because it's not scripted so i mean they i mean we're we're about a year behind right now on the show so i haven't looked up any of the results i don't know what happens but i mean maybe they never get out um and it's also a lot of human interest stuff um as we meet a lot of the people in and around Wrexham around the football club, the fans. Uh, I mean, this show is just, I think, hit a lot of different um, genres. And I think they've balanced them really well and hit them all, I mean, with a perfect tone going between comedy and drama. And um, just, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm just so excited to see how where this show goes from here. Yeah, I was surprised a little bit when I started watching it about how many boxes it checked. And I think the biggest draw for me has been obviously all the sports stuff because I'm a sports writer and that's, you know, what I do for a job and I love all that shit and I love the nitty gritty. But it's really the human interest stuff has impressed me the most because like you said, this is not scripted. This is a documentary, but they interview all of these people in Wrexham and they really put in the work to find these unique stories. Like you have some like really true made for TV stuff, like mm. the lead singer of the band who came up with the Wrexham football clubs, you know, popular, most popular song that everybody's singing about Ryan and Rob. And he's also going through a, like a cancer treatment at the same time. And he's talking about how the club is basically is everything. And that's really I mean, it's impressive. You watch this and you feel like you're watching something that was written in a writer's room, but it's not. And I'm sure some people are, you know, some of the people interviewed are putting on a little bit of a show for the camera. But at the end of the day, these are not people who were being handed like, you know, a couple pieces of paper and being told to write it. Like there was one woman they interviewed for an episode about the history of Wrexham, of uh, AFC Wrexham, which was quite um, tumultuous. If you haven't, if you're one of the, you know, many, many people watching this show who had no idea. And the one woman they interviewed was crying like the entire time. You can't, you can't fake that when you're, you know, 65 year old woman who's lived in Wrexham her entire life. And so that I think for me has been the biggest, you know, that was what I was most pleasantly surprised by. And 
like you said, Ryan and Rob basically come off the same as they do on screen. Rob is less of a douchebag than he is as Mac and always sunny. Obviously, it's impossible to be as horrible as those people are, which is part of the whole bit. But Ryan Reynolds is like exactly who you would imagine Ryan Reynolds being. And their interactions are really good, too. I think one of the other things about the show is that it does one of the best jobs I've ever seen of quickly and simply explaining soccer to people. Like they knew the like target audience of the show was largely going to be people who don't know anything about football and they use graphics. They get it done in 10 seconds. I think the first episode features like a three minute segment explaining what a relegation is. And then they basically just move on. I thought that was really impressive too. So overall, I mean, the show, they really, it's really well made, really, really well made. It's interesting. It's funny. And it's naturally funny too. I mean, like I said, Rob and Ryan are comfortable in front of a camera. I'm sure a couple of jokes slid in here and there probably wouldn't have been if this were like a true, you know, documentary. But otherwise, I mean, those their interactions are great. It's really, there's a lot, there's a lot to like about it. It checks pretty much every box that you'd want out of a documentary and especially a sports documentary. Yeah, um, I thought it was really interesting to find out that they had never even met in person that they just kind of became friends basically through Twitter. Um, and, you know, it when, I mean, they first announced they were buying the club, it's like, oh, well, you know, two Hollywood buddies, you know, they and, but it, it was just, that was kind of cool. And, and definitely funny the way to hear uh, Rob explain where he's like, you know, I, I have TV money, but I, I need movie money. And I don't need movie money. I need movie star money. And I need like Marvel money. Um, so it's cool the way that that worked out and how he how he got into soccer, which was just over the last few years from uh, one of the writers on Mythic Quest. And they did do a really good job uh, explaining the, uh, I, I guess they call it the pyramid, the soccer pyramid. Well, not soccer, football. The football pyramid in uh europe or in england and i mean i it's it also kind of drives home like the the history of this sport because it's like the the relegation and stuff like that i mean that's such an interesting uh way to do things and i i think that would definitely it would definitely if they put that in like mlb or uh the nfl or nba it'd be very interesting and it's it would get that thing that the nba wants right now to make every game meaningful but it's something that can't happen now this is something that had to happen like a hundred years ago i mean no owners would go for that now they had but they have it in uh the uk because that's the way they decided to do it however long ago and so i don't know that that's it's it really explains soccer a lot it explains um i think it does an incredible job of showing what it means to be a fan uh to be like a big fan and i was just thinking about how i didn't i didn't grow up near like a a a big city uh i was like three four about four hours north of new york so i mean I, i was like a 49ers fan growing up um well they were good then that was before your time but (laughs) 
I was just saying like, I never felt this, but I did kind of feel it because we, we lived uh, about a half hour from where the Adirondack Red Wings played, which was the Detroit Red Wings uh, minor league team in the AHL. And my grandparents had season tickets and I got to go to like, see guys that eventually became Detroit Red Wings and going to the games was so fun as a little kid and like going to like a playoff game and just the atmosphere and how much it meant. And then, I mean, they went probably went away like, I don't know, 20 years ago now, but like, just, just feeling that sense of community. Um, it was, and I think that they, they've really done a great job of capturing that, but with the fan interviews and talking about how much they, they mean to the community. Um, and the one, the one thing I thought about was how, when they would score five goals and win uh, the Red Wings, you would get a free chili at uh, Wendy's, which was right next to uh, the civic center where they played. And I didn't even like chili, but I just remember, you know, everyone being so excited. And when we would leave on a game where that happened and the line at Wendy's was just massive. Um, I mean, that's the kind of thing that only happens for sports, just some stupid thing. And uh, Welcome to Wrexham does a great job of uh, capturing that. That's just one of the many, many boxes that it does tick. Yeah, I I thought something similar when I was watching it is that I don't think I've ever seen a piece of media so succinctly and accurately explain why sports are important to people. I I was watching it with my girlfriend and I said to her, this is what I would show anybody who like agrees with those tweets you see where it's like, what are you doing with a grown man's name on the back of your shirt and like poke fun at people who really care about sports. It's like, this is why we care so much. It's not about you know the winning and the losing it's about the community aspect of it and you know rob summed it up pretty well at the beginning of the first episode when he's talking about being a fan of the eagles and declared to the world that he thought them winning the super bowl was on par of a life event with getting married and having children (laughs) which i'm sure his family was thrilled about but no you're right i mean especially the way that they talk i mean everybody in this town of wrexham this is all they've got really feels like it's made for tv but it's not it's a town that's you know down on its luck used to be an old coal mining town and then that industry kind of fell through and so then the town became like really struggled and people lost jobs and all they had throughout all of that was afc wrexham the third oldest club in the uk or something like that it's been in existence for well over 100 years over 150 years i think and i mean it makes it feel good it's a feel-good story even though you don't know what's going to happen and there are some already in the first three episodes, I think there were some tough, uh, tough moments to watch because you got, you because they're especially they bring in the players. You get to know the players, but there's zero guarantee that they're going to be around for even another episode. And I think that's what makes this more fun to watch than like, you know, a more professionally made production, like an all-in series on a Premier League team that's so popular now, is that, you know, these guys, and as they as they say in the documentary, these guys aren't making that much money. They're making, like, you know, $40,000 a year, maybe $50,000, and most of them don't have contracts that run past more than one year. So it's not like watching, you know, The Last Dance or any other really sports documentary that's out there right now where you're rooting for these people, but it's like if they lose whatever you know they still making a shit ton of money playing a game that they love 
these guys, there is no guarantee of tomorrow, which again, brings into the human interest side. You get to know them, you go into their house, you meet, you meet their families. And then two episodes later, it'll be like, and this person was released by the club after this thing happened. And you're like, well, I'm never seeing that person again. <laughs> like, it sucks. It sucks. It's it's good, but it, like you get attached. And I mean, it's hard for a documentary to do that, I think, when it's a sports documentary and when it's kind of happening, you know, like you said, it's happening. This is a year behind. I haven't looked anything up because that would be extremely lame. But it's why it's it's why I, I think got so attached to the show immediately was that it's both the unpredictability and they do a good job of kind of you know, it's just a really well-made documentary in the sense that you really get to know all of the main characters involved, all of the players, all the fans. Like, you really you really do feel like you know them. Yeah, there really are... They have so many different people that they can focus on. I mean, they've only done, like, five fans. I mean, they're, when the race course is packed, I mean, there's a couple thousand people, and I'm sure many of them have interesting stories um you know there are people whose fandom has been passed down generation to generation uh like going back to rob and it was interesting you know you got to see the house where he grew up you know i mean this it, uh, the show also does a little travel show um because you know you're kind of you're you're learning about whales um and going back to the players and getting attached to them. Um, I, I wouldn't get attached to any of them if, if I could help it because uh, their success and um, moving up a division uh, would really hurt their, uh, their chances of being on the team. Cause I mean, these are, these are fifth division players. That's, that's part of the uh, learning about what it's like to be a team owner is, having that conversation of like who can we get i mean it's kind of like a peek inside of what it would be like for like a small market uh american team it's like you have to uh, kind of like uh what you would see in moneyball it's like this is a i mean you want to get all the big players you want to get star players but i mean you can't really so you have to come up with a list of people that are attainable um so and they had so they come up with uh Mullen and if he didn't live, I mean he says he chose to come there because uh you know so he could be close to his family. Um so maybe it's it's like LeBron with Cleveland. I mean on a much smaller scale. It's like <laughs> maybe maybe if he grew up in uh Scotland or something, then they would never have had a shot at him. So they have to they have to sign all these players, and it's like kind of imagining what Mark Cuban went through, you know, when he signed he bought the Mavericks, and then he's got Dirk, and you know, it's like you have to have these conversations. It's like, well, we have to go out and get Tyson Chandler, and it's what do you have to pay him, and figure out what it takes to get a team over the top, and for this, it's to get up to the next level, and. Also, uh, when they had the problem with the new pitch mm-hmm. and it's like, it, it costs like a hundred thousand pounds or something. And then it's like, well, you know, bad news is the pitch didn't take. So we're going to have to do the entire thing again. It's like, I mean, we, we look at like what's happening at soldier field, you know, uh, it, it's, it costs real money 
and you know i have no sympathy when it's happening um to like the the bears owners and they have to uh pony up to for their new stadium but you know when it's like ryan reynolds who i like and it's like i know that that's that's his uh green lantern money that they have to spend (laughs) um it's kind of crazy just to see like it's a hundred thousand pounds and then another two hundred thousand pounds to actually fix it and you know these are the kind of decisions that the kind of conversations that you know would piss off the owner of the bears or frustrate you know jerry jones or whatever when he's got to make these decisions because he still has to pay money even though you know most of these people have more money than they know what to do with so whatever but i mean these are real business decisions that have to be made and it's interesting to actually see them you know and to that point I think one of the most enthralling parts about the documentary for me when I was like most locked in was when they were trying to buy the race course from the entity that owned it and they couldn't because there were just so many hoops they had to jump through. And then it was a lawyer had to talk to a lawyer who had to talk to somebody on a committee who only meets once every three months, but they missed their most recent meeting. And then it's like that kind of nitty gritty stuff that isn't really that interesting. If you're reading about it is much more interesting when you're watching it, because it is like you're watching Ryan and Rob's live reactions to being told over and over again, like you can't just throw money at this to make this work. Like you just have to wait. And it was driving Rob, especially insane. But I mean, it was just, they do a good job of picking out the most interesting parts of team ownership that may not seem interesting. Everybody wants to know, you know, the Paul, like going out and signing a big free agent. It was what everybody thought that a Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney ownership would do. And so they did it and they spent a little bit of time on that, but they didn't spend a ton of time on it. And the same thing when they brought in like a higher profile manager than who they had previously. But then it's stuff like the pitch and then like buy, have it wanting to buy the course so that they could put up a, a new, um, a new set of stands because one was the one one of the ones they had was condemned and that kind of like smaller stuff they do a really good job of both making it interesting but also revealing that it is you know the intricacies of that sort of thing are more interesting than you might anticipate and the way that they've spread out like the uh the history of the team like if you want if you wanted to tell me about the uh that owner that bought the team hoping to just tear it down and turn it into a uh, real estate i mean that would make sense in the first episode you know this is this is what uh where the team has come from why they're you know they don't want to be hurt again but i mean they you know they slow played it they held that until like fourth or fifth episode and then it was like prequel and they had all this footage because it's i mean it's not that long ago but it's also long ago um and it just everything about it um is interesting and you know i i can't wait for i'm i know it's weird i I can't wait for them to go to uh wales a year ago um and and that's another interesting part where it's like well we don't we want to go at the right time you know you you want to go as things are turning around but like they're they're having trouble getting things off the ground uh having the results go that they way they want to go um it's i mean it's funny to watch them watch, i mean they bought this team that's halfway around the world and they have to watch it on like uh their macbooks because they, they can only stream them and yeah. you know you can't just go to wales twice a week even if you do have a lot of money 
and you're not just going to go over there and live for the season uh and watching them like ah you know this kind of sucks you know because you know we're being disappointed we're seeing uh, our investment and our self-interest uh, go badly and that soccer realization that soccer fan realization where it's like some ties are good but some are bad and are like losses and it's just another uh the learning curve of being an American football fan of under seeing these things that we don't really have in America. I think this show is perfect for anybody who has ever wanted to live out the dream of owning a sports team Yeah, as like a relatively average Joe, you know, relatively Ryan Reynolds is like this big money Hollywood superstar who's been in a bunch of movies because he's handsome, smart, and funny. Rob wrote his own show and it got so popular that he just made a shit ton of money off it. He couldn't do it by himself, but like he is like compared to Ryan Reynolds and essentially an average Joe. And so just being able to like live vicariously through him and through the both of them and watching all this unfold has been great. Now, things I'm looking forward to in the upcoming episodes, I think that relative to the human interest side, they are making a point of focusing on the documentary in the documentary on the impact they're making in the community because in order to buy the team they needed to make a pitch to all the fans because they all got together and bought the team and a huge part of the pitch was like we're really going to invest money into Wrexham and do what we can to make Wrexham a quality place that everybody enjoys being in or whatever their exact verbiage was and one of the ways that they've shown that already in the documentary is when they hired the um, handicapped woman who had been volunteering at the stadium for years and years of, to help make it accessible for, uh, you know, wheelchair users and things like that. And then they hired her on for like a full-time job and she was, you know, super emotional about that. And it was an awesome move and it was an obvious great PR move, but it was like really heartwarming. And I think that there are going to be more of those going forward because it's part of the, what makes it a good documentary, but also, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney know that everybody at Rexham is watching this too. And so if they, they're not going to skirt over that. And I think that is what will make it like a really high quality. It's what makes really high quality documentaries is that human interest side. And they're going to keep, I think it's going to keep getting better. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see uh, what really, how they really define success. Um, you know, especially while the show is on the air, because I mean, you could, you could do welcome to Wrexham for the next, you know, three decades um if they stay with the team i mean it's it's going to be incredibly hard to move up four divisions uh to the uh, premier league so i mean i would assume they would have some sort of uh lower or more reasonable expectations for uh the short term where it's like you know fix up the stadium uh make the team uh competitive and i mean w- it's not as uh, sexy, you know, if uh, they just become this like fourth division, uh, really good team with a, a full stadium. But I mean, I would think that that would almost be worth just as much to the people that live there to just have a, a, their historic race course stadium uh, restored and just have the have the place packed every every game i mean 
I would think that that would be uh, a big success. Uh, I just, which is part of why, you know, it's such a long-term play that, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them to, to stay, you know, cause I mean, they want to own a premier league team. I mean, they're competitive, they're successful people. So, I mean, that's, that's the end game for them, but I, and I mean, this isn't a criticism, criticism. I just think it's, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, you want it to happen and there is yeah. a universe in which this team undergoes something resembling a meteoric rise and ends up like maybe two or three spots out of the premier league by the end of like the following season, if they keep doing it, but that's the beauty of it. You have no idea. Like this could crash and burn like brutally. And the only thing that Rob and Ryan have to show for it is an improved stadium and a cheerful community and a documentary. And which then they is sell pretty, it. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I yes, mean, if, if they can turn Wrexham into this, uh, if, uh, just turn that economy around just a little bit by making the soccer team better and the stadium nicer. I mean, that's pretty damn cool. It's yeah, it's awesome. And it's going to be, <laughs> it really is. I mean, let me tell you, I'm going to go visit Wrexham if I ever get over to England in the next like 10 or 15 years, or uh, UK next 10 or 15 years, please don't come after me. Uh, that's funny. You just walk off the uh, the plane at uh, Heathrow and you're like, all right, where's Wrexham? <laughs> like, uh, another country, bud. <laughs> Mate, sorry. Oh, well, welcome to Wrexham. We love it. Big fans. We will reconvene once the season is finished up in a month, about a month's time to recap yeah. what has happened and see. I mean, they'll probably reveal sometime in the last few episodes uh, whether or not they'll do a second season. But I think that there is tremendous potential here for a very good, long running documentary for as long as Rob and Ryan are willing to do it. Um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting uh, release schedule for the episodes, too. I mean, we had uh, two episodes come out today and then one next week and then two the week after. And then they're dropping the last four on October 5th. I know you kept saying October 8th in the beginning. Yeah. Fifth, eighth, it's the same, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's very, it's super weird the way that they've, they're still finding different ways to, uh, give us streaming shows um but halfway through the season i would give it uh let's see seven goals out of nine probably eight, maybe eight i would go eight goals out of nine really just i mean there i don't i i love it i am super into it which is a surprise because i'm not very much into sports documentaries and this i mean this really hits all the marks for me personally and i think overall it is one of the best sports documentaries i've ever seen yeah i i would give it uh two guys and a girl out of a pizza place uh, <laughs> it's it's that was one of my my favorite shows of all time uh and i i have a big crush on ryan reynolds for you know 30 years now almost and i'm just happy to have him in my life and <laughs> i love i love the show and i can't wait to watch more episodes of it so very good show Yes, very good show. Highly recommend listeners. But either way, regardless of whether you watch or not, thank you very much for tuning in to the big stream. I am Lee McEwen. This was Stephen Douglas. 
log on to thebiglead.com and check out all of the latest sporting and media news. We will see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.